and you're listening to The Seventh Reel. This week, An Angel at My Table, a 1990 film directed by Jane Campion. Michelle, this was your pick this week. Mm-hmm. Por qué? Well, it's just a different biopic. Yeah. Well, completely opposite to what we saw last week. With Elvis? This is like an anti-Elvis. Yeah. Yeah, in that it's good. <laughs> it is good. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not, not denying that. I, I quite like this movie. I've only seen two of Jane Campion's films before. I saw The Piano and Power of the Dog. I really I quite enjoyed them both. This is, mm-hmm. I think this was like very. This is this is my favorite one out of hers because I I thought that was mm-hmm. this was a very gentle and very a deeply humane movie about a, about just about this. This this person doesn't ha- it doesn't feel like a biopic, which is the biggest compliment I can give it. Well, I think it's because, I mean, she, I don't know if Janet Frame is huge in New Zealand, but like globally, I don't think she's that well known. And like, it didn't feel like they were like, look how great she is. You must know her from this this important thing that she did yeah. is coming up. But like, you don't know. It felt almost like a biopic of a normal person. And it, and but like mm-hmm. she, she did stuff and it like seems that. to understand that you won't really know who she is and that's why they don't delve that deep into her writing stuff like you just got kind of snippets of it like and you see her writing more as like a reflection of what she's going through other than like something oh this is the work that she's producing that's gonna make her famous or something like that very sad movie though lots of tragedy and misery in her life starting with like well, Yusuf, out of the three segments, which one do you like the most? The first one. I usually like first ones, but yeah. Is it is it like too sad for you guys, or did you find it like sort of balanced it well? I thought it was balanced pretty well, um, because there's all it's, it yeah there's a lot of tragedy that comes her way, but the film is very I think the film very fo- focuses a lot on her perseverance. Like despite how uncomfortable she is, she kind of just she kind of t- she can take it and move on. She doesn't completely fall apart. Which kind I mean, that's not true. Not, some, she's a little, she falls apart a little bit, but like, given the amount of shit that she went through, it's surprising that she came out like at all. I did find it too sad. It was just the stuff with like her siblings that I that kind of hit the hardest. So I was like, oh wow, it's just one after the other, and mm-hmm. like just tragic. And, and it's like she can't stop it. It's all and how horrific that it's all from drowning, which just makes it even all sadder is that they kind of all met the same fate. I think it's impossible to shoot a movie in New Zealand and not make it and not be beautiful because I, I loved like the countryside that they lived in with the sheep and every, the sheep and everything. I thought that was beautiful. So, what do you think is the difference in approach to something like this versus mm. Elvis? Well, obviously the subject is different. Yeah. Subject matter, but I think in terms of because mm-hmm. Elvis is complete. Elvis uses a lot of his work as a reflection of who he is, right? The muse, his music is incorporated into every single element of the biopic, even if, even though it's like anachronistic, sometimes anachronistic or whatever. But it's 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 about the art and like the the effect that he has on people and how we view him. But this is just like oh, this is a person, and you kind of just follow and you kind of just follow her along. And by being, I I think by being so unassuming, it kind of emphasizes like the like oh this is just a life but it can be just as important because it can be just as like what a, a person's inner inner a person's interior can like sometimes be just as like fulfilling as like you know a big me- mega mega music like rock star i thought that was that kind of an interesting 
to think about or just in, just in terms of the approach. Well, Misha, what do you think? Um, I, don't, I just like how it's quiet in it is. It's just, it's a very quiet film. Like, it's not screaming at you to do this and look at this. It's all very subtle and nice. But no, it's like, I don't know. I thought the mental illness stuff was so sad. It's like back in those days, because she doesn't fit in, because they find her awkward, you're like, oh, something must be wrong with her. And by focusing on that, they were like, you have schizophrenia. She's mixed, but they all, I guess they all just took it as granted. Like, no, she has this. Like, this is why she's different. And this is why we must keep her here because she doesn't fall into our box. So, like, what? I don't think it's, I don't think that's, because she gets, the professor puts her in the, the asylum because of the work, like the autobiography work that she wrote. And then he's seen her thoughts, mm. which we don't know because they don't share. But I also think there's a lot of like the mental illness stuff that it's, I mean, because you can't really express it if it's all just mentally, but also it's maybe a lack of understanding, her own lack of understanding. Yeah, she doesn't know what's really wrong with her. That's why she checks herself back in, which was um, baffling to me that she will go back despite like having wasted mm, Because wasted. she... She was thinking of suicide and she didn't trust herself. Mm. Yeah. And I think also once you kind of don't know another life, you're like, well, this is what life is, I guess. Mm. Yeah, you feel safer there. Well, I love there was this moment when she first gets her book published. She's like, where's my picture? Because she's like, that's how she associates. Like, where's the author picture at the back? She's like, it doesn't matter. You got published. Just be happy about that. I wonder if she actually, like, here... I'm trying, oh yeah, so she, the hair is like, she does, like that's her main, she does look like that in real life, because I was wondering. Amazing casting. I kept, like the three ages of Janet, like they blend together, they really, it really feels like you're watching the same person. I don't know how they did that, like, but, well it's the hair, but still, I thought that was very well done. Movie magic. Movie magic. Yusuf, would this make you want to watch in Campion's other films? Maybe the power of the dog. Maybe the power. That was good. I I think because it's it's so, it would be so different from like a traditional western. I think, right? Mm-hmm. That's the yes. only thing that's making me kind of ex- excited. I don't know what it's the like piano is about. It's a it's breakdown like, on western iconography. I think. But also, what? Jane Campion made this comment that she felt like female topics in films were covered by enough female directors that she felt like she could move on to more stories that were about men, which is The Power of the Dog. Oh. Which, I don't know if I agree with that, but... So we know. have enough so, women's stories. <laughs> wrong, yeah. They've, they've done no. all of the women's stories. We've done they've it, done. every one of them. <laughs> now let's get over. back to the real <laughs> storytelling. <laughs> The one where it's a guy and he wears a hat and he's in the <laughs> desert <laughs> and he's saving the... a bunch of savages. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like this film, it's just, there's so many aspects of like, mm-hmm. like her getting her first period and then, you know, the blood on the, the, the seat at school. Like those are the very normal experiences that are very rarely covered in films. Mm. And, like, they didn't really have a ton of purpose being in the film. But just yeah. it being in there was nice. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess that's its purpose. It. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's to show the little details, little things matter, right? Everything yeah. everything matters in this person's life. Because wow. this is an aspect of, be- of being mm. a woman and growing yeah, up. And if it was a man sure directing this film, 
It was, it, ew, I don't want to show that. It was, they would gloss over it. <laughs> yeah. Or they'd make a joke out of it, like Stephen King. Wait, why did he do that? In Carrie. No, that was like horrifying in Carrie. Yeah, well, like he made it like a horror oh. thing. That um, but... that they they dump the blood on her. Uh, no, also in the beginning of the movie, I think she gets a period. And, like she doesn't really know what to do because her mother never taught her. Oh. And so all the other girls are just like bullying her, oh, being yeah, terrible yeah. to her. Yeah. It's in the uh, it's translated really well in the opening of the the poem adaptation. Book. Oh, yeah. Oh. But yeah, I, I I completely agree. These little these little things absolutely do matter, and I do think that's something that a male director wouldn't kind of consider. And there's just so many deep, like when she's growing up, all the clothes mm. are like ripped and worn, mm. and in just small places. And it it says so much. They don't need to tell you that like they're poor, they're struggling yeah. for money, they're all hand me downs. It just shows you, and it trusts you. I like how they like her dad. Like he's shown to be a little bit like angry in certain in certain. Stuff. But he's like a loving father in general. Like it could be so easy to like try to, imp- to kind of shoe- shoehorn him into this corner, like just being like the the domineering abusive father. But no, like he's he's just a guy who like deals with a lot of shit, has to deal with a lot of like shit, and still deeply loves his children, which is just so tragic. Like what happens after because like he, they keep losing them. Yeah, I quite like this. Anything else to add? No. Yusuf, watch The Power of the Dog. It's great. Uh, like great it. ending. All right. Well, shall we take a break? Mm-hmm. And we're back. Now let's step right up. That's seven reels. Let's rate them up. Six. It's the the one movie yeah I'm going six yeah just one I'll go with six as well I quite like this I thought the last shot was beautiful with like her dancing a little bit in the garden and then going back to her right I thought it was so nice um, it's good to see that she found like the peace and solace that she she so deserved um, yeah mm-hmm. well, well let's move on to what we've been watching this week Yusuf what have you been watching this week well I finished The Sopranos as uh, listeners who have been you know. Ah, the long, uh, the long arc has finally ended. Yeah. Uh, don't stop believing, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that's what an ending. Oh my ending. God. What I really ending? enjoyed it, though. I liked the ending. I, yes. Uh, uh, maybe it's because I knew going in knew that it would be odd uh, and people didn't like it, but yeah, I thought it was great. It, I think thematically, it's perfect. Yeah, it's exactly. So perfect. Right. It doesn't right. really matter what really happens. What is suggested mm-hmm. is much more powerful. Yeah. Um, can I yeah. give you a new TV show to watch? Oh yeah, of course. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh. Watch it. <laughs> that's good. You'll yeah, like it. I think you'll like it. I'll start. The it. filmmaking yeah. it isn't is surprisingly very good. It has a style. It actually has like a visual distinct like way they they portray like yeah. Uh, there's these amazing long takes uh, okay, that flow the through these characters film. through their entire house. Yeah, that's the next. That's. They have an extra artistic flourish that I quite enjoyed. And it's funny, too. It's funny. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to mention the other thing. Maybe we could do an episode. Well, mention the other thing. Just for a little bit. Just a little. Okay. Well, okay. Well, then we'll do an episode about it. Okay. I watched Jackie Brown, and I think it right, still right. holds up. And now I'm kind of like f- perfectly convinced that it's like the crystallization of everything he wanted to make. Like, it, it's just purely him. Hmm. I feel like it's yeah. his best cast. Like Robert De Niro, Samuel Jackson together, like it's yeah. 
and the love story. What a beautiful love story. I'm sorry. It's I, I love all that. It's 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 great. So do I. And the music. It's not like too out there. The it's like yeah. It's really good stuff that you. And the characters are, and and the characters interact with the music. They talk about it. It's it's good stuff. Yeah, I think it's because like he, it box, its so. basis is that novel. So he mm-hmm. he has like a a structure guy, you know. Yes. On between, uh, underneath it all, and he he's good at that. He knows how to you mm-hmm. know put the three acts together. But I think this was, like a very brilliant like, version of it. it I don't know. I I enjoyed it. All. I think it's it's his best one where he manages to juggle an ensemble cast and have it kind of meld together very organically. Mm-hmm. Because there's like three, there's just like two basic, basically two sets of char- like characters and two sets of stories happening, but mm-hmm. it doesn't feel separate from each other. Like I don't know, Inglor- I don't think *Inglorious Bastards*, as good as it is, feels mm-hmm. a bit chapter, like it, it feels a bit segmented. But still, this like this feels great. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, what did we watch? Sticking with Tarantino, because mm-hmm. I started reading his *Cinema Speculation*. Oh really? Okay. Um, I haven't read much of it, but we watched mm-hmm. *Joe*. Do you know oh that yeah, one? yeah. I ha- I didn't watch that one, but yeah, is it is it good? I think you really like it. You it's, it's you really fucking love good. it. I think <laughs> I'll say it's, it straight up. The way he described it, it I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll watch it. It's I watched really uh, insane a lot of the other ones. Third act. Um, it's very nice. I I I, I it's feels very sad too because I was like, oh wow, this anger. America has always been garbage. Mm-hmm. And like this movie illustrates that so perfectly. Like this. Um, all right. What we watched Joe, and we also watched Darren Aronofsky's The Whale. Michelle didn't even know this was an Aronofsky film until yeah. like his name popped up. The Whale. Um, the Whale. It's hilarious. It's so funny. Um, not it's not that, that funny. It, yeah, but but it's, it's very cruel humor. I would argue it's funny because it wasn't trying to be funny. Because it's trying so hard to, yeah, yeah, no, the I I absolutely agree. It's kind of cruel in a way it depicts like obesity as like this obesity in this movie is an affront against God. Like that's kind of how the movie like draws the line at the end. It's a layer of like homosexuality and stuff. Yes, yes. There's also that which makes it even more like oh okay. How? You'll see. Just watch watch it because him being that obese hardly even factors into like the gen the actual message of the film he's a gay <laughs> yeah 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 that actually that actually has more bearing on like the his character's arc than like him being very very fat um and there's a sequence where he like opens a drawer and he's like for granola bars and he's like Ugh. and then he opens another drawer and it's candy bars and then he smiles and somehow Aronofsky, the genius that it is, made both draw. He made a sad drawer sound and a happy drawer sound. It's incredible. I was like, this is insane. It made me kind of die a little. Um, it's kind of cool. It's worth watching. I, I don't think it's like terrible, but it is very very funny unintentionally. Mm. All right, that's that's interesting. I might. That, uh, all right, let's give that a shot. Let's move on to our recommendations. Oh shit! I haven't thought. <laughs> That's the moment I said that, I was like, I haven't really given much thought about this. I have one. All right, what is it, Michelle? So it's called I've Heard the Mermaid Singing. Oh, that was good. Uh, I think it used to be on Criterion. It might still be. Um, but it's this. It's set in Toronto and, and made in the 80s, so it's really cool to see Toronto in the 80s. But it's oh, no. also about this, like, creative gingerhead woman <laughs> who's kind of lost and doesn't really know what she's doing. 
and she just kind of aimlessly, naively wanders through life, mm-hmm. do making her art. Yes. It's very nice. Yeah, and it makes Toronto look awesome. It makes yeah. it look so cozy and nice. You're like, well, that's, that's nuts. Okay, sure. Uh-uh, whatever. <laughs> okay, um, sure. <laughs> well, you're like taking the deep. Like, I mean, like, it looks like a fairy tale city in that, in that movie. This guy's you're like, well, this isn't like that at all. Yeah. Um, all right, have we thought of one? Shit. I've just said mine. I know, I know. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to mine talk about is. Um, you know what's crazy is I want to recommend Muriel's wedding. If you haven't seen that, you should watch it. That's that's yeah. a also. Well, it's New Zealand. Yeah, I like that. Either that or the Bob Dylan movie where they cast a bunch of people as him in different segments. That's those are my two. All right. So, uh, my recommendation is The Hours, a movie about writers. Mm-hmm. This is totally not because I just literally Google movies Written about writers on my phone. Uh, patting myself on the back here. All right, let's move on to uh, what <laughs> you're watching next week. We're going to watch Birth. Ooh, the Jonathan Glazer film. Yes. Speaking of yeah. Nicole Kidman. Yeah, there you go. That's the connection. Nicole all right, Kidman. it's a really messed up movie. We can't wait for all of you to watch it. So keep it real. And we'll see you next Bye. week to talk about Birth. Seven Frio is hosted by Marvin Huang, Michelle Hassel, and Yusuf El Bashir. Logo by Joe Conti. Our ad break music is composed by Yusuf Suilin, and our outro music is composed by Yahya El Bashir. Thanks for listening.